Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 6, Healthy Eating in the Workplace, featuring Allison Acera from Guggenheimer. Welcome to Workforce Health Engagement, a show exploring strategies to improve your employees' health and productivity and to protect your bottom line. Join us as industry experts discuss how to engage employees in population health management, wellness, and healthcare consumerism. This is a special series by the producers of the top-rated podcast, Engaging Leader. And now, with 20 years of experience as a communication consultant to Fortune 500 companies, helping engage hundreds of thousands of employees, here's your host, Jesse Leahy. Welcome to the show, Engagers. Many companies are spending huge amounts of healthcare dollars paying for treatment of medical conditions caused primarily by poor food choices. Then they spend money on top of that for wellness programs to encourage employees to make better food choices. But when you check the food options available in the company's cafeteria and vending machines, you find mostly burgers and fries, candy and donuts. It seems a bit like these employers are shooting themselves in the foot, especially when you consider not just the long-term health consequences of poor nutrition, but also the immediate hits to employee energy, focus, and productivity. By making healthier food choices available and engaging workplace conversations about them, employers can shift the collective behavior of the workforce much more effectively than just with wellness programming. Healthy on-site nutrition options and the signage and communications to help employees make healthy choices are all part of an integrated approach to workforce health engagement. To discuss the latest trends in providing and promoting healthy eating options in the workplace, our guest is Allison Acera, National Nutrition and Wellness Manager for Guggenheimer, a national workplace food service provider. Allison Acera, welcome to Workforce Health Engagement. Hi, Jesse. Thank you. Glad to be here. Allison, you have been working with a lot of companies who are concerned about the health of their employees and their health care costs. And yet, even though they are frustrated and trying to find different solutions, right under their noses is a potential, but basically they're actually working against the health of their companies. And that is in the food that is served up to their employees or offered to their employees on site. How often do you find that empl- that, that uh, companies are, are surprised to th- that they kind of had missed that before now? Yeah, I think that that's, that's actually very common. Um, I, a good thing is I think that people or, or employers are starting to understand the role of nutrition in, in the health of their employees on site um, and helping them to be more productive and, and healthier in general and how that can affect um, insurance rates ultimately. But um, yeah, it's, uh, it, it is interesting in that, in that some of our experience working with employers when we look at the food programs that are in place um, and they have these very robust wellness programs, but then employer uh, employees will head down to the cafe, the on-site cafeteria, and um, and and the only real options are, are cheeseburgers, fries, and hot dogs. Um, and so, so they're not necessarily creating the healthiest environment for their employees to make those good, healthy decisions uh, at the workplace. So, um, you know, ultimately, the you know the best wellness program in the world um, is uh, is going to be marginalized if 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 they're you know if, if there aren't if, if employees aren't provided with the healthiest options 
um, in terms of those food choices available. Now, you recently wrote an, an article that was pretty popular online on the Huffington Post. Yeah, we have a, a really interesting story um, and really excited to, to be partnering with a company based in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So back around 2008, they really started noticing that their insurance premiums were were reaching really significantly high levels. It was becoming a tremendous burden financially to the company. And senior executives really led the effort on um, on trying to improve the health of their employees. They, they implemented a, a really robust wellness program, implementing all the best practices in corporate wellness. So they uh, measured biometrics, so they had baseline data and uh, implemented, had available nutrition programs. They had an on-site fitness center available, stress management programs, smoking cessation, um, had employees complete health risk assessments and, and really incentivize their participation. And year after year, they noticed that the numbers were really not shifting. So about 28% of their employee population was uh, could be diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. And metabolic syndrome is that cluster of disorders that puts an individual at risk for heart disease, diabetes, stroke. There are five risk factors. If you have three of them, then, then you could be diagnosed with metabolic syndrome. So a, a profound number of their employees were, were really at very high risk. And so after they implemented these, these programs, um, again, all the best practices, they, they realized that the number, that the, the dial wasn't shifting in any way, not in any significant way. Um, and, and they realized, they kind of took a step back and, and really tried to reassess and figure out what was, what was going wrong with their wellness programs. And um, what they realized were, was that they, they really had a high participation of employees that were heading down to their their cafe on site um, where they were, you know, having, uh, purchasing breakfast and lunch and, um, and realized that, that actually what they were offering was not in any way aligned with their goals and health and wellness and trying to promote that in their, in their workforce. So um, they had a cafe that was serving unhealthy food, burgers, fries, um, really in, indulgent options. And um, so this was not in any way really supporting their wellness efforts. And um, we were able to come on mid midway through back in about 2010, and um, we implemented a program in the cafe, a, 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 a health, you know, offering really healthy options to, to the employees that really tasted good. So, so not only were they, um, did they, did they good, you know, did, were they really delicious, they also happened to be good for you too. And um, that's important, obviously. If, if the food doesn't taste good, then, then no one's going to eat it. So, um, so basically, having these healthy options available in, um, together with a very robust holistic wellness strategy, um, they found when they remeasured one and two years later that there was a real dramatic impact on their metabolic syndrome numbers. And so um, they went from 28% down to 18% of the population with uh, with metabolic syndrome, so there was a real improvement, and they found that for every dollar they they spent on their wellness programs, there was a four dollar return on their investment. So they were able to save about one one point five million dollars in um, in healthcare costs as a result of their of, of this comprehensive wellness program that included a healthy on site cafe. Now, is do you t generally recommend if you're implementing a a, a program like that where the the on-site cafeteria is going to be more health-focused. Do you 
get rid of all the pizza and cheeseburgers and, and only have healthy foods, or do you just have a greater number of healthy foods available? We find our, our experience tells us that when we do a dramatic shift in in the quality, the nutritional quality of the food that we're serving, when we get rid of any of those indulgent, less less healthy options, there it really actually causes um, the opposite effect. So it, it it ends up that we have employees that um, won't won't come down to the cafe. They they will end up you know what ends up happening is is they leave they leave the they leave the building and go across the street to McDonald's. To to get their burgers and fries, um, and this obviously isn't isn't a good solution for anyone. So, what we want to do is keep people on site, obviously, and be offering them. If we're if we're offering those indulgent options, then they're they're still going to be healthier for you uh, compared to what they might find in a fast food restaurant in the area. So, you know, where it's going to be high quality grass fed beef. Attention to the amount of salt that's added to the foods. Um, you know, just looking at cooking techniques that are going to be healthier. So we're we're not not talking about changing the, the flavor and quality of the food that that has to be I mean that really is paramount but so so we we realize that there has to be a, it has to be a very slow shift um, that we can't make dramatic changes right away because it, it really just affects participation numbers and and ultimately if we can get people to to taste you know sort of get out of their comfort zone and 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 taste some of these healthier options, and, and have them, ultimately, they, they start to become slowly more open to them um, and start searching, the, searching them out, you know, and it, it tends to be a process. It can be very slow. And, and we realize that there's a lot of other things that need to happen besides just, you know, having those healthy options. So we work on, um, you know, it's really important that senior executives are, are, are engaged in the effort. Um, and really promoting employee wellness. Um, and that really helps to sort of shift the culture of the company towards one of wellness. Um, so senior executive involvement is extremely important. And that was one, um, you know, one point for uh, one reason for, for the, the good success that this, um, this client of ours had in, in reducing their insurance costs. We also think that gentle nudges um, towards those healthy options can really help uh, help um, you know shift people towards making those choices. So you know, looking at looking at pricing adjustments where we're we're actually um, you know our client might subsidize the healthier options, charge a little bit less for them, uh, potentially raise the price on the less healthy options, and 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 some of those subtle shifts can really help to to push the um, the, the healthier the, the, those healthier options. Now I had a client that we had this pretty frank discussion about all the different health initiatives they're doing. And I actually pointed out that their cafeteria and vending machines and their little snack shop had just predominantly unhealthy things available, unhealthy options available. This was a director of benefits. He said, yeah, I know. And I've actually been in discussion with the leader of the, of the catering group and the the problem is that the the vendor that they were were bringing in, their argument was if they if that vendor offered healthy foods and, and eliminated a lot of the unhealthy ones, that basically their overall sales would go down. And so I'm wondering if if Guggenheimer has run into that. I know some of what you just talked about with people leaving to go to McDonald's that you're aware of that risk, but is that a valid concern or is that just the vendor not being creative enough? 
Yeah, I mean, I think um, on the surface that 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 certainly can happen, and um, you know what what we do is is really try and work with really try and understand our customer base, the demographics of the location, what our customers are, are looking for, what their their flavor preferences are, um, you know, ethnic foods that they like to eat. Um, all these things really can can help inform our menus. So that takes some time. You know, when we when we go into a cafe, obviously it's a clean slate. We um, we're we're really just in learning mode. But over time, you know, through surveys and really you know engaging with our customers, we can kind of understand exactly what it is they're looking for. So um, we we do that in addition to you know getting very creative with um, with those healthier with those healthier food options. So we're not just talking about a grilled chicken breast with steamed broccoli and, and a side of rice. Our chefs are, are really dynamic. Um, they're very creative and um, they, they, they understand how to, how to create, um, you know, food that, as I said before, you know, is delicious and, and, oh yeah, it happens to be good for you too. So, um, you know, we really, we really, you know, take, take a lot of pride in hiring chefs that, that are quite talented and able to do this, um, you know, quite successfully. So, um, you know, like we, we do not get rid of, especially right off the bat, you know, in most of our locations, we do have a grill and we do serve hamburgers, but we don't necessarily pair them with, with French fries or potato chips, you know, we'll, we'll, um, you know, the default side might be a fruit salad or a whole grain salad. Um, you know, we'll have the fries available, but they're not there in, in um, you know, in view. So they're, they're so visible. But we really try and position those healthy options throughout the cafe, you know, obviously strategically in, in highly visible locations. So they really become the default choice. So it, it really does take a, a lot of creativity and, and um, you know, in the menuing and in, uh, in, in the recipe development. But we have um, we have quite good success. So the uh, the location I was talking to um, that, I, that I mentioned previously, it was a culture where they were looking for cheeseburgers and French fries. Um, but then as the as the culture started to shift, now they walk into the cafe and um, and they're they're looking for that healthy plate and they're really open to interesting new ingredients. Um, quinoa is a really popular food item down down at this location in Tulsa, Oklahoma. So, um, you know, I think there a lot of strides have been made um, and, uh, and and it takes some time and, and an effort to do so, but it's, it certainly is possible. What, what kinds of other food offerings, uh, healthy food offerings are available? I mean, most of us, when we think of going to lunch and getting something healthy, the only thing that really pops into your mind is, is uh, the salad bar. Right, and actually, we do our salad bars are what we call health bars because they have things, lots of things other than than just vegetables on them, are tend to be the the most popular station in our cafes. Um, you know, we really lots of vibrant, fresh produce. Um, we source it locally as much as possible. Everything is prepared fresh from scratch, so it's really high quality um, uh, ingredients that we're starting off with, but. Um, yeah, throughout the cafe, we sprinkle in the healthy choices. So we don't necessarily have one station dedicated to to the healthy choice. It's it's sprinkled throughout. Um, but you know, our, our we we have uh, our exhibition station is um, is is daily changing. So we're we're looking at lots of different ethnic um, ethnic foods. What what do you mean by exhibition state, station? First of all, 
So the, the exhibition station is is basically something that changes that that changes all the time. So it's going to be something different each day. We really try and pull from um, different ethnic regions of the world um, each each day. So it's it's interesting and. Um, uh, but but so it's also it's exhibition might be a, a chef man station where they're actually cooking something to order, um, which is also you know fun to see that your you know your your meal is is being prepared fresh and it, it hasn't been it hasn't been sitting around for for so long where it's uh you know it's going to sacrifice the quality of it so um, so yeah so that's that's our exhibition station. Um, but we have, you know, variety of different lean proteins, fresh fish, um, using, you know, really working with interesting um, sauces and and adding a lot of flavor that way, um, you know, without using a lot of a lot of oils. Um, interesting rubs uh, and marinades for our proteins really infuse quite a bit of flavor without without a lot of salt and um, and, and added fats. Do you have any clients that ask you to provide demonstrations as far as or, or recipes to educate employees for how they can cook and eat healthier at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, it's, it's, those are fun events for us. So it allows the chef to kind of get out there and, and really, you know, do his or her thing um, with the customers. So. So yeah, we do cooking demonstrations quite often in our in our cafe and will in our cafes and we'll also have a registered dietitian available to speak to some of the, the nutritional attributes of, of the recipe or offer um, you know some commentary on on strategies for um, you know for, for doing health at home. Um, but yeah, this is something we really like to um, to give our customers recipes and 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 show them how they can they they can take it home and feed their families. Um, so so ultimately, it's it's not just about what people are doing in the workplace. But we think that that's a good starting point for education and exposure for for some of this healthy eating. Um, but ultimately, you know, it, it, we 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 really um, you know hope for this to to move into um, move into families where employees are have have the knowledge and tools they need to to really you know impact the health of their families and then ultimately really the the community at large. Do have you found it helpful to do anything to engage employees in making healthier food choices? as far as uh, visual cues or signage or anything like that? Yeah, we have, um, we have a few different programs and it really, we we really do try to customize based on, on what our client is looking for and and the resources that are available. Our most comprehensive program is based on the stoplight concept. We call that color, color matters where we're identifying all the options in our cafe is being green, yellow, or red. Green, obviously, the, the healthiest options. Red being um, the more indulgent ones. And we, and we really think that it helps to engage employees in a very um, quick and easy way where they, they have the information they need to, to, to make those healthy, uh, those, those healthy choices. Um, or at the very least, be a little bit more aware of the choices that they're making. So... If over the course of the week someone um, you know realizes that they've chosen you know all five days those right choices over time, um, that that can really help to um, you know obviously promote awareness and and help people challenge themselves to maybe shoot for 
one or two more yellows or even greens over the course of the week. So it's it's a tool that, that people like, um, they like to use. And then we also offer the nutritional analysis for those individuals who might be looking for a little bit more specific information about, about the meal. Yeah, you know, the nutritional analysis, the way that restaurants, as an example, have made the number of calories more visually obvious has been helpful, at least to me. For example, I used to, well, I have a, let's say, an overactive sweet tooth. And uh, I, at one point, was viewing the uh, frappuccinos that you could get from, let's say, Starbucks or McDonald's even, mm-hmm. as, as a healthier alternative to uh, a shake. And I guess they probably are have less calories, perhaps, but it's a, still a shocking amount of calories. And until I saw the nutritional analysis, I had no idea that a large frappuccino, for example, is close to a thousand calories. So basically, whatever that is, I mean, uh, at least half, if not, I mean, if not more than half of my daily calories from one little drink like that. So that definitely changed. So that I would get those a lot less frequently. Yeah, it can. You know, for some people, the nutritional profile can really can really help. Um, they 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 understand the information and um, and they use it to, to to make those healthy choices. And there are some people who see that information and don't understand it at all. Um, and so, if if you don't have a sense of how many calories, for example, you need in a day, then um, then seeing seeing the calories listed might might not um, you, you know it might not affect your choice at all. Um, you know, somebody might look at that a thousand calories and 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 not realize the impact it can actually have on on um, on their weight and and other other health aspects. Now, do you get involved with engaging employees on the topic of healthy food choices outside of the cafeteria? Whether that's I, I don't know informational um, posters or information in newsletters or um, in vending machines and so forth. Uh, Is there anything going on outside of the cafeteria? Yeah, we do. um, We we do quite a bit of education and we, we, as much as possible, really try and partner with our clients, uh, wellness teams. Um, And in that way, that really helps to support their own wellness initiatives and um, and we think we can do a lot of messaging in the cafe, but um, but we will partner with them on on you know in providing lunch and learn seminars. Um, we might work with the fitness center and and do um, you know we we recently had a cooking demonstration that actually was held place in the fitness center um, for one of our clients. So um, yeah, we we can also you know offer education and. Um, and, and even some marketing of things that we're doing in the cafe on screens that are up throughout the organization. Um, so, so definitely, and a newsletter is developing a lot of content for them to, to do, to distribute to their employees, whether it's through the intranet or um, as available in the wellness center or the fitness center, for example. Now, getting back to your article in Huffington Post, you, you talk about free oatmeal there. What's that story about? One of our clients was was really trying to implement, was re- really getting very serious about health and wellness on site. And um, obviously they were doing quite a bit with their own wellness programming and wanted to, to be very creative in the cafe. So um, one, 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 tech, one strategy that they actually implemented was to offer, to offer free oatmeal on site every morning for their employees. And um, now, I mean, you can't imagine how much traffic we get at breakfast time 
um, you know, for, for people heading down for their free oatmeal. So they literally go through 50 gallons of oatmeal on a daily basis as part of this program. But the, the client really understands the, the, that, that this is an investment in their people, um, breakfast being the most important meal of the day. There are a lot of engineers on site who might otherwise come in late and miss breakfast um, who, are, who are now having something. And, and we know that, you know, breakfast is really important. For, for lots of, uh, you know, for, for lots of health parameters, including healthy weight and lower risk of heart disease and diabetes, um, increased productivity. So they're, they're going through quite a bit of oatmeal. <laughs> now, so the oatmeal is free. Is there, is, is, is there anything else that's available? Oh, and certainly, yes, of course. We have, um, you know, we have a, the, a full breakfast, uh, full menu of options, of breakfast options that are available in addition to the oatmeal. Um, people, people like free food, and, um, and if it's healthy, that's, that's a bonus. Um, but certainly we have other options that are available as well um, that, that customers can choose from. So um, they might also come down for a side of fruit, you know, for example, if they're there getting their oatmeal. So... We have healthy toppings, nuts and flax, and and that kind of thing. Also, that they that that is free to them as part of the oatmeal. So that's interesting. So oatmeal is, is relatively healthy, and it's got to be one of the least expensive uh, things that you. If you're going to offer something for free for breakfast, you can't get much less expensive than oatmeal. So, yeah, it does encourage people to get off on the right start. And and I can imagine showing up myself to get some oatmeal and then grab some fruit and, and maybe a protein, something, meat or eggs or something to go along with it. But the, yeah, the free, the free oatmeal, I imagine that does attract a lot of people who otherwise might skip breakfast. Right, right. Well, tell us some more about Guggenheimer and, and the history there. So Guggenheimer has been, um, has been around since uh, the, the 1960s. So we, um, we are based in Redwood Shores, just south of San Francisco. And actually, we were founded by a, um, by a, a doctor, and um, he was going, it's, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. He was a, a student at Stanford, a medical student at Stanford, and his father cut off his, his funds, <laughs> his, his schooling funds. Um, and so he needed to, to get creative about how he was going to come up with money for tuition. So he and um, his, his, ultimately his wife, uh, Jeannie Ritchie, um, they actually started selling sandwiches on a gurney at Stanford, and it uh, it became very popular. and um, And ultimately, they were they they moved on to another location locally to uh, to Stanford. and um, And yeah, we we so we we were really started in 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 uh, Palo Alto down at Stanford, and and now we're in about thirty three different states across across the country and and we've really grown by word of mouth um so it's we've, we've always been attendant to to health and wellness and um and even more so now we're realizing how just how important it, it really is so you're it sounds like since the beginning there's been a strong focus on healthy food and and a variety of delicious foods as opposed to being a, a cafeteria vendor that is kind of starting from with traditional cafeteria offerings and, oh, now there's all this focus on good health, so let's start changing to become healthier. That's sort of, you, you'd say it's kind of always been the a, a important part of Guggenheimer. 
Yeah, it, from the from the beginning, we've had very high standards for ingredient sourcing. So if you walk into one of our locations, you won't see uh, cans of anything. You might you might see some some canned tomatoes. Um, that probably would be about it. Otherwise, we we really do source uh, fresh. Um, always, you know, we have very little little use or need for freezer space, um, and all of our soups are made from scratch. Um, you know, our stocks are made from scratch on a daily basis, and um, you know, we 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 do our best to support the environment as well. Um, you know, think about sustainability and our sourcing practices. So, um, you know, we're, we're sourcing grass-fed beef and hormone-free poultry and dairy products. Um, you know, using the Monterey Bay Aquarium guidelines when we're sourcing fish. So, um, yeah, attention to sustainability and wellness has really always been a part of, of who we are. So ultimately, you know, we think that, you know, starting with those fresh, high-quality ingredients lends itself to overall a, a healthier a healthier product. Do you have a niche in terms of the worksite size? Is there a, are, are there work places that are have too few employees or too many employees that wouldn't make the, uh, somebody a good match for Guggenheimer? We really like to work with companies where wellness is is an important initiative of theirs, it's where they, they really are, are serious about about trying to impact the, the health of their employees. We think that we really can partner well um, with those clients in particular. We, you know, our, our soft spot is probably mid-sized companies, but um, we certainly we certainly work with smaller companies doing carry-in programs. Um, but uh, but I, I would say, yeah, sort of the mid-size is, uh, is, is a sweet spot for us. And so how, how many employees does that mean to you, mid-size? So that would be, you know, anywhere from... From a thousand to five thousand employees. Okay, and if if a company, let's say they had five thousand employees all together, but they had locations across their, let's say across the the country or a region where they had smaller sizes, five hundred employees here, two hundred employees there, can you still service that kind of organization? Yeah, and 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 we do that quite often, actually. So, um, especially more recently, with some some new uh, business gains, we're we're working in several different states, um, but we have obviously regional teams all over the country and and a, a quite a bit of corporate support to um, to assist. So, so that's something that we do often. Allison, where can people find out more about you and your work at Guggenheimer? Um, so, I'm I'm happy to. Uh, to, to take any questions or um, have any conversations, so people can email me directly. I can be reached at at aacera at guggenheimer dot com, and um, people can also access the website to learn more about Guggenheimer www dot com, um, and there's a, a reach us tab. Um, so any questions can also be sent in that way for more information about our company. Allison Acera is the National Nutrition and Wellness Manager for Guggenheimer. Allison, thank you for joining us on Workforce Health Engagement. Thanks so much, Jesse. And we'll provide the links that Allison mentioned on our show notes for this episode. All right, Engagers. As we wrap up this episode, let me mention that my colleagues and I at Aspendale Communications can help promote and educate employees about healthy eating choices at your company. Whether that's through some of the ideas that Allison and I discussed in this episode, or using other means, we can help you plan and execute a communication strategy that's integrated with the rest of your workforce health strategies. 
You can find out more about our team at Esmondale Communications on our show notes for this episode. And that's also where we'll put the links and information that Allison Acera shared with us about Guggenheimer. You can find those show notes at engagingleader.com forward slash WHE6, as in Workforce Health Engagement, Episode 6. And while you're on the show notes page, you can engage with us by providing your thoughts or questions in the comments section, or by clicking the red Send Voicemail button. You can also engage with us at facebook.com forward slash engagingleader, or on Twitter where I am at Jesse Leahy. Workforce Health Engagement is a production of Aspendale Communications, a consulting firm that specializes in workforce communications, helping mid-sized and large employers attract top talent, engage employees, and deliver superior business results in several areas, not only health engagement, but also talent management, benefits and compensation, business transformation, and more. Find us at AspendaleCommunications.com. If you enjoy this series, be sure to check out the leadership podcast, Engaging Leader, where my guests and I share more ways to communicate, engage, and lead with greater impact. You can find both Workforce Health Engagement and Engaging Leader podcasts in iTunes, Stitcher, and on our website at engagingleader.com. Our thanks to Joe Sherwood, our producer, Tom Hitchcock, our programming director, Cecily Leahy, our web intern, Rick Terrence, our announcer, and Max Brody, who composed our theme music. Until next time, remember, over the long term, a program of the day won't help you boost employee health, productivity, and your bottom line. For sustainable success, you need an integrated approach to workforce health engagement.